0: We're finishing up the month of August with August's theme, Inclusion in Action. And today we're going to talk about being all in. We are all in. Right? We're all in in this experience. We are all in in this inclusivity. We are all in in the, in the action of inclusivity. That is the, to the name of today's talk. We are all in. And where else can we be, actually, but all in? We are all in this thing together. We are all together right now in this point in time. We are all together in this thing called life. And so, Wherever you are, in the country or on the globe, wherever you are, all of our energy is right here, right now, and we're in it together. Ernest Holmes in Love and Law said this. He said, unity is the basis of all that there is. There is but one God, but one mind, but one spirit, but one power. When I embody myself in my thoughts selfishly, I'm separating myself from that which I think is my own good. You may think this is a very subtle thing and could not be the reason for so much trouble. It is the foundation of most of our troubles. I am unconsciously separating myself from my good. No, that was from love and law. So every time we think, me, 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 right? My good. I'm going to manifest my stuff. I'm only concerned about my stuff. Me, me, me. And we're not thinking us, us, us. We are heading toward trouble. We're heading toward trouble. And, and I think, you know, I think this is kind of the misunderstanding of new thought. Because in, in our new thought Uh, Philosophy, we know we are the people of both and, right? We absolutely know that. We know when we come to this teaching and begin to understand what this teaching is, we have to go within in order to heal. We have to go within to demonstrate, change your thinking, change your life, right? We know it is a personal healing. It is a personal teaching. We must go within. It is ours to do our own work, our own inner work, right? Which, which makes this sound like a very solitary teaching. But that is where it starts. That's where it begins. We understand when we begin in this philosophy, we, we come to the realization that everything starts from the inside. Consciousness, starts the ball rolling. And everything in the manifest universe is, at the, is the last link of the chain of manifestation. But the changes always begin with us. It always begins with the interior. So yes, it is all about us, right? In the beginning, it is all about us because we have to go within and we have to clean house. We have to go within and we have to heal what has created the life we're living to begin with if we expect change to happen. We have to do the inner healing work so we can do the outer work. See, that's the next part of it. And again, going back to love and law, Ernest Holmes said this. He said, Many people make a mistake in thinking it is enough to claim God is all. We must realize there is one power, One God, one all, one life, and that life is me now. I am a manifestation of the one. Now you have a working principle. You can think of yourself as a center in this divine living intelligence through which it operates. Begin to think of your consciousness as an activity of mind through which it flows. The Spirit, God itself, makes everything by thinking or speaking. And then the thing appears in the manifest universe, in the visible. And since you are in life, you in your own world, you do the same. But it is a co-creation. It is Spirit flowing through us, using us. But, but we have to go beyond just the me and the my. The, the mistake we make is that we think that's the end of it, right? Oh, I've got mine, and that's the end of it. But that's not the end. That's just the beginning. We cannot just think about ourselves. What we think, what we can manifest, how we can demonstrate, what we want, it's all about us, right? That's where we go astray. And, you know, that was really um, what I felt was the shortcoming of the movie The Secret. Everybody remember the movie The Secret, right? It brought a gazillion people into new thought teachings and new thought philosophy, right? But... But this is where it fell short, because it was all about, all we have to do is write down our order for the universe, right? And that, I mean, they, they actually said those words in the movie, The Secret, you know? Uh, just write out your order to the universe, and the universe will fill it. Well, we know, as the practice, as people who practice the philosophy of the science of mind and spirit, that new thought is not about sending your laundry list of wants and desires to the universe, and then the universe is going to fill it and deliver it to your front porch, you know? That's not the way spirit works. That's the way Amazon Prime works. That is not the way spirit works, right? We know there is more to it than that. We know if praying were enough, if praying were enough, prosperity would be flowing right through your life right now, right? If praying were enough, health would be flowing right through your life right now. We know that there is more to it than that. It's not about putting your order into the universe and having it delivered to your front porch. And and Ernest Holmes in Can We Talk to God, he said this. He said, the secret of spiritual power is a consciousness of one's union with the whole and the availability of good. We are one with a universal consciousness, a universal creativeness which is the God of theology, the spirit of mysticism, the reality of philosophy, and the principle of science. That is what we come to when we understand the science of mind and spirit, that it is all of that. So yes, the beginning of new thought, when you just get to new thought, yes, it is about working on one's own healing. But it does not end there, it begins there. And, and we sometimes let it, let it stop there, right? And think this is a teaching of getting what I want. Well, Ernest Holmes never said that. He never said this is a teaching where you, you know, where you learn to get what you want. It is a teaching where we get to surrender to our greater good. And we allow that to flow through us and as us. We don't just get what we want at the expense of others. It's never been about that. We cannot want for ourselves anything that we wouldn't want for all. Because why? Because we know we're one. We know the teaching is one of unity. Ernest Holmes said, there is only one. There is only God. There is only one life. There is only one consciousness. We all share in it. We are individualized expressions of spirit. We're not individuals. And so we can't want for ourselves what we wouldn't want for all. And you know, all the great world's religions knew this. They all knew this. They all taught from that sense of oneness, of that sense of unity. In Philippians, let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also the interests of others. John. 317, I guess. But if anyone has the world's goods and sen- sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. In Proverbs, whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. Ah. The law of karma, right there in the Old Testament. What about in Buddhism? Treat not others in ways you yourself would find hurtful. So we need to love each other unconditionally. Confucianism, one word which sums up the basis of all good conduct, loving kindness. Loving kindness. When we look out on the country now, are we seeing a whole abundance of loving kindness? I don't know. I don't know. I think it depends on where you're looking. Hinduism. This is the sum of duty. Do not do to others what would cause pain if done to you. This is the golden rule. You find it throughout all of the world's religions. Islam. Not one of you truly believes until you wish for others what you wish for yourself. This is what we know to be true, that we cannot know for others unless we, well, we can't know for ourselves unless we know for others. We cannot want for ourselves what we don't want for anyone else. We cannot desire things for ourselves alone. This may be where we start in new thought. We come to a new thought teaching. We come to a new thought philosophy because our life isn't working, right? Because we heard the tagline, change your thinking, change your life. So we come into a philosophy like this and we go, yeah, it's all about me. I want to change my thinking. I want to change my life. And we start to study, right? But we can't stop there. We can't stop at what we want to demonstrate for ourselves. We must make the demand on behalf of all life everywhere. Think of the think of the kingdoms of consciousness. we talk, we talk frequently in in foundations class and other classes about the kingdoms of consciousness. Kingdom one is where we come into a new thought teaching right We come in powerless. we come in as a victim. We you know life is happening to us. we're being steamrolled. We have no power of our own you know this is the stuff happens phase of our life where you know the boss does it to us or our parents did it to us or you know the the country or the culture or whatever is doing it to us. And we don't have any personal power. And we are at the effect of the world. And then we start doing the internal work. We start working on ourselves. And that's right. And that's the way it should be. It is a very personal, private work at that point. We work on ourselves. We change our thinking. We change our life. We start to consciously co-create with spirit, and we start manifesting changes in our lives. And yay, it's all about us, you know. And our lives do start to change. We get the hang of prayer. We get the hang of of, of, of affirmations, of visioning. We are no longer at the effect of the world. We begin to feel empowered. We are moving from being at the effect of the world to right? Co-creating with spirit. So now the world's not happening to us. The world's happening by us, right? We are in charge. We are controlled. We are empowered. The world is happening by us, but we don't stop there either. We don't stop there either. We continue to do our prayer. We continue to do our work. We allow spirit to then manifest through us, then it's greater than just what we want. It's a greater experience than just what I want to manifest a new job or a new love or a new car, right? It's about being in the world, being in the world, allowing spirit to manifest through us. This is not my will, but thy will be done. This is the part where we are greater because it's not just about us any longer. And that is the essence of New Thought teaching, And you know, if we look around the world today, if we look around the country today, I don't know that we're seeing a lot of people looking out for each other like we're supposed to be. We're not looking after the interests of others like it says in the Old Testament. I I don't know. You know, there are folks in this country that say, we should take care of the elderly. We should feed the hungry. We should house the homeless. We should protect the vulnerable. We're just not doing a good job of it. Right? We're not doing a good job of it right now. And, you know, and some folks will say it's not the job of the government to do that. That's the job of, of the church. That's the job of the nonprofit to do that sort of work. It's not the job of the government. It's the job of religion. But you know what the funny thing is? Some of those same folks that don't want the government getting involved with caring for our citizens, you know, they're the same folks that insist we are a Christian nation. I find that a little odd, don't you? Stephen Colbert said this. He said, if this is going to be a Christian nation that does not help the poor, either we have to pretend that Jesus was just as selfish as we are, or we've got to acknowledge he commanded us to love the poor and serve the needy without condition and then admit we just don't want to do it. The only thing that holds us back from serving is fear. Fear that there is not enough. There is not enough good to go around. Fear is what keeps our borders closed. Fear is what keeps us from not wanting people to immigrate. Fear is wanting people off of government assistance or welfare or disability or any of those programs. Fear that there is not enough in this country to support the people in this country. Fear that other people will take advantage of the system. Why should we give to others that don't deserve it? Fear of losing what we have accumulated to others maybe who didn't earn it. There is enough to go around. Isn't really that the story of the loaves and fishes? It's not a miracle. The story of the loaves and fishes wasn't a miracle. It was a demonstration of caring and sharing without any thought of limitation. That's what it was about. It was about people getting together and caring for each other. The resources are there. No thought of limitation. It is fear that drives the selfishness. It is fear that drives the greed. It is fear that is driving police brutality. Right? Fear for my life. Fear for the situation. It's like open season on black people all of a sudden in this country. But it's not all of a sudden, is it? It's been going on for too long. It's been going on for too long. Jacob Blake was shot seven times in the back. I don't know about the cop fearing for his life in that situation. Fear is driving too much of what is going on. Fear lack, limitation. It is covering over the truth of our oneness. When we go back to principle, when we go back to the truth of unity, we understand we are one. There is no other. There is no thing to fear. You know, there's a children's book. It was written years ago by a German fellow, Michael Ende. It was called The Never-Ending Story. It was a lovely book. It's a children's book, but it's really an adult book. You should get it. You should read it. Check it out at the library. There's a situation where the nothing, I love this, the nothing is taking over the land. It is wiping out everything. Every good thing in Fantastica is being wiped out by the nothing. And there's a big monster, the servant of the nothing. And they ask him, why? Why is this happening? It's, it's, you know, making everybody afraid. And the monster, the servant of the nothing says, because people who are afraid are easy to control. And isn't that really what we're talking about? People who are afraid are easy to control. Well, I, I, I for one am done being afraid. What we do is we go back to principle. We go back to principle. God is all there is. There's only one of us. There is no reason to fear. God is source and supply for my life. God is source and supply for all life everywhere. There is only one. There is only God. We are all in this together. We are in this together. We have to take care of each other. We move from my healing to our healing. That is the basis of our teaching. No longer separating ourselves from each other and from our good. When we stand in principle, God is all there is. Every human is my brother. Every every human is my sister. We are all in this together. There is only one life. We say it every week. There is only one life. It is God's life. It is my life right here and right now. And it is the life of all life everywhere. There is no separation in God. We, we must awaken to that truth that I cannot pray for myself something I wouldn't have any, for anyone else. You know, this is the law of compensation. The law of compensation says what you send out, you will get back very similar to the law of karma, except the law of com- compensation says it may not be in the same area. May not be in the same area. So if you're wondering why, Maybe you're treating for abundance and you've got plenty, right? And you've got plenty and you don't have a problem, but maybe your health isn't doing too well. Where are you holding back? Where are you holding back from from the idea that we're all one, right? Where are you separating yourself out from we are all one? In what ways are you those peopling some other group? Because that law of compensation will deliver back to you exactly that same thing. We must get past this idea, this false belief that there is us and them. There is no them. There's only us. There's only the outpicturing of God. There's only an experience that God is having. We're it. We must pray for all. We must serve All. We must be together because we are. We are all in it together. Ernest Holmes said this in Creative Living We cannot only embrace ourselves. Somehow, our arms must find themselves around the shoulders of all humanity. We cannot worship a God who belongs to us alone. Only as we enter into a feeling of the essence that diffuses itself everywhere, then, at last, we can look at each other and say, I worship God in your form. Thank you.